Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Amen. I mean another amen. amen. Our God is great. And our God is divine. And though he may seem to be four days late, because he's divine, he's on time. I mean on time. Can you imagine us listening to the midnight cry at midday? He's on time. Yes, I mean he's on time. Oh, blessed Lord is so great. And we want to thank him for Pastor Alexander. Oh, yes, and thank Pastor Alexander for having allowed the Lord to use him. Isn't that wonderful? God bless you, dear heart, tell Pastor. And so I was reminding us that our God is great. And our God is divine. And though he may seem to be four days late, because he is divine, he is on time. And when it seems, now listen to this now, when it seems as if you're down to nothing, then let faith tell you that God is up to something. For no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Ah, so then let everything that hath breath praise the Lord and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh, yes, that's what our more dear Elder Campbell was saying. Let the redeemed say so. I mean, say so. Go and let somebody hear you say so. That all God is great. I mean, he's just wonderful, wonderful. You know, as I think of the words of that song, you know, my mind goes back into thinking so soberly and seriously about this mystery of godliness as opposed to the octopus or the ugly mystery of wickedness. And the outcome, just as he said, and the outcome is going to be the thrill of the ages when the Son of Man comes. Then I tell you, if some of us should fall asleep before, by his grace we shall rise with those who sleep no more. Oh, yes, to meet our creator and redeemer. And by the same grace, to look upon his face, that will be glory for you and for me. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, God is great. And so today, I'm going to speak a little bit more under the caption, my sins are gone. My sins are gone. Would you say that with me? My sins are gone. Hey, I got the folks to say that. Eh? That's right. And I believe, who didn't say it? Let me see your hand. Never mind. But, but our God is great. And when we have that confidence that our sins are gone, it does something to our being. Come on now. Let's pray. Loving Father, we give you thanks for having been so wonderfully good to us. You have saved us from the wrath to come. You have kept us alive 
so that we might have a second opportunity, another opportunity to qualify for eternity. Lord, we want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, for saving our souls. Thank you, Lord, for making us whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to us thy great salvation, so full and so free. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, that could well be the benediction. After that song, we could well go home now. But well, some of you do not want that to happen. So I'll say a few more words. And I think I have it for the majority. The majority would like to hear something more. The majority. So the minority, uh, you can still stay. Lord bless you, dear hearts. And keep praying. Praying for me. For the living. Listen to me now. For the living. Those of us in conscious existence. Those of us who are an appreciating the life that God has granted us to live. For all of us, this statement is a reviving reality. My sins are gone. And then it's based on something special. My faith in God and complete trust in the trustworthy God, the one in whom we live and move and have our being. My sins are gone. And, and when people say, well, my sins are gone on an individual basis, it, it brings joy to the heart. No amen. You, you, you notice? No amen. Somebody's gone down to the department store. You better come back. Because today is the big day in Zion. The Lord wanted you to be here. Because this message today is coming straight from him through me. Oh, yes. And, and how I know this message is good for us? Because it did a lot of good for me. <laughs> oh, yes. I preach all of them to myself first. Oh, yes. First. Then I come to you. And I'm saying, folks, my sins are gone. This reality makes you feel good in the Lord. Oh, yes. And why? Because our God is not a man that he should lie. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse, and verse 9, it says what? It says there, if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse, to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Now, if I know that in my heart, my cranium, to be a fact, then that makes me feel good by faith in the blessed Lord. All I need to do then is to confess. And why? Because John, and I'm speaking about St. John's, when we look in there at 
the third chapter and verse 17. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In other words, the opportunity that he has given, we are to grasp that opportunity for our soul's salvation. Come on now. So that he didn't come to condemn. Some folk think that, oh, the blessed Lord is after condemnation. No. Not yet. That time is not yet. Right now, the blessed Lord is ready to forgive. Giving man a second chance. Come on, we spoke about that before. A second chance. You should be familiar with this. So that our Lord sent not Jesus to condemn, but to give us yet another opportunity to qualify for eternity. That's what the blessed Lord has done. And so I feel good when it comes to mind that my sins are gone. Come on now, folks. I mean, gone. The Lord Jesus there in, in Isaiah Chapter 1 and verse 16, he says, wash you and make you clean. It's not a command. Another command. It's an admonition. Yes, it's an admonition. And, and it comes from a heart of compassion. Oh, yes. Wash you and make you clean. Put away the evil of your doing from before my eyes. I like that, eh? I mean, put it away. Put it away. You know, when we come and sit in church, and, and we come to hear the word of God, it gives the indication that we are ready for transformation. Come on now. When you sit in church, and you know you're coming to church, you know you're going to hear about the word of God. You know that the Bible is going to be presented so that there is a predisposition. You're coming to be filled with the spirit of God. Amen. And to know about the joy of sins forgiven. The joy of peace within. And the joy of fellowship. Come on now. And so you feel a part of, of the family of God. And why? Because if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Isn't that something? But then the Bible says that he that covereth his sin, I'm coming to you from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13. He that covereth his sin, come on now, shall not prosper. But whoso, King James Version, whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Come on, this is the God of mercy. The God of mercy. And so all we need to do is to confess. And thank God we can say, my sins are gone. I mean, gone. And we studied into Micah the other day. Remember? We studied Micah. And those of you who are visiting with us, you, you, maybe you're not familiar with this, but uh, Micah, one of the minor prophets, there in chapter 
7 and verse 19. I like that. He said, he said I will return. Come on now. I'll return again. <laughs> Isn't that something? Return again. Now, now notice that again. In other words, perhaps he returned several times before. And now he's returning again. Oh, come on, folks. And why? To put things straight. Oh, yes. To put things straight. I'm going to have compassion. A compassionate God, isn't he? He's going to have compassion. And he will subdue the iniquities. Isn't that something? He's going to sit there, and then what is he going to do? He is going to take all those sins that we presented, that we confessed, and cast them, come on now, and cast them into the depth of the sea. There, they will be to be remembered no more. Isn't that something? What a God. What a God that we serve. No wonder. The psalmist in Psalm 88. No wonder he said, Oh Lord God, he said, I have cried day and night unto thee. Day and night. Come to think of it, we are seeing something special here now. He persevered. He persevered in, in prayer, in supplication. And, and it's, it, it's like admitting now. He's come down now to what we call humble, humble persistence in supplication. He's humble. And he continues to ask for favors of the Lord. Come to think of it, day and night, I cried, come on now, day and night, I have cried unto thee. Why? Because he wanted the conditions that are existing with him to be put right. He saw, as Paul makes it clear to us there, in 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5, he said, examine yourself. Come on now. To see whether you're in the faith. He said, prove your own self. And so we are understanding here now that by uh, introspective looks, we are looking into ourselves, examining ourselves, and we are seeing that things are not right with God or things are right with God. So we can say, our sins or my sins are gone. But if not, the Lord wants us to realize that he is making a way of escape. Amen. You know, Paul is not finished yet with us because he has written some things that we can learn from. And in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 2, and there at verse 3, the question is, how shall we escape? In other words, I'm not going to confess my sins. Huh? I'm going to go on. So how are you going to feel free? How 
shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord himself and then it was made known to us, revealed unto us by them that heard him. His disciples walked with him, confirmed unto us. It's of a truth confirmed by those who heard him. This matter of Christianity is real. It's real. It's just that people should say, I'm not ready for it since they want to live their own life. Don't say it's not real. It is real. It is real. And God is looking for some good soldiers. Oh, yes. If the Marines can do it, what about God? Yeah? Looking for some good men? God also looking for some good men to represent him on this planet. The point is, who will take the challenge? Who will take up the challenge to live for the Lord in times such as these? Who will? <laughs> but I tell you, let the redeemed of the Lord say that our God is good. Oh, yes. And that underneath, we know underneath are the everlasting arms. He can keep us. Jude made it clear to us. Jude, the one chapter that he has, he, there at verse 24, he says, he's able. Yes, sir. He said, he is able. Now under him, come on now, now under him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless. Come on now faultless, no faults at all, is able to keep us from falling. And to go and say that he's not able is an abomination. To say that he's not able is presumptuous sin. Our God is able. Only trust him. Only lean on him. Incline always towards him because he is able to keep us from falling. It's a matter of who will take up the challenge. Who will do it? It's possible. It is possible. All things are possible with him. With men, it <laughs> don't stand a chance. But all things are possible with him. With him. Isn't that wonderful? This one, the psalmist went on. He went on after crying night, day and night. Day and he, he said, Let my prayer come before you. Psalm 88. Let my prayer come before thee. He said, Incline, incline thine ear unto my cry. And why? Because my soul is full of troubles. Eh? My soul is full of troubles. And my life draweth nigh unto the grave. Isn't that something? In other words, I'm like I'm going to die. 
I'm getting old, chrono you know, chronologically speaking, I'm getting there. Hey, I'm getting there. I want to get things right before I get there. Isn't that something? He's crying out for help, asking the Lord to help. Isn't that something? Crying out. He said, I'm counted, counted with them that go down into the pit. Isn't that something? Counted with them as good for nothing. Counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. No strength. No strength. Have mercy. Have mercy upon me. Oh God, I'm at Psalm 51 now. Have mercy upon me. According to thy loving kindness. Crying out. Crying out for help. According to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Crying out. Crying out. Crying out to the blessed Lord. We need to do that when we look at ourselves and see that that we are not in harmony with divine directives. You know, look out. Look out and call for help. Call for help because the Lord did not send Jesus to condemn. Didn't send him to condemn. But he sent him to heal the brokenhearted. Luke 4 and verse 18. Heal the brokenhearted. Set at liberty them that are bruised. Oh, what a wonderful God. What a wonderful God. Wash me. Wash me. Wash me. From my iniquities. Cleanse me from my sin. Isn't that something? And cleanse me. And why? In verse 3, he says, For I acknowledge my transgression. Amen. Come on now, folks. I acknowledge my transgression. And my sin is ever before me. Verse 7. Purge me with hyssop. Oh, whatever it takes. <laughs> Pastor, whatever it takes. Purge me with hyssop. And I shall be clean. Wash me. And I shall be whiter than snow. Isn't that something? Whiter than snow. And verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Oh, that's what we want. And, and when we get to that place, we can look up and say, Thank God, my sins are gone. I mean, my sins are gone. And verse 11. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. My comforter. Please don't take him from me. Restore unto me, the next verse, the joy of thy salvation. 
and uphold me with thy free spirit. Oh, how wonderful. How wonderful. Uphold me. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Now, when that is done, the next verse, verse 13, is so appropriate. The next verse. Then, then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Then, when my sins are gone, and when things are right with thee, then will I teach transgressors thy will, thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Isn't that something? Our God is great. But there, there is a prerequisite. We have got to have things right with him. The old account must first be settled. Sins must be gone. So that we can be true instruments in the hand of God. It's possible. It's possible because you, you're living in the blessed Lord, aren't you? No answer. But the blessed Lord is great. And he wants us upon this planet. And now, as a matter of fact, Titus, was it Titus that, that helped us into this? Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, he said, it says there that the grace of God which bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, Amen. teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. It's now that we have got to do it. Looking unto Jesus. Ah, the midnight cry. Eh? Looking unto Jesus, the author. On the finisher of our faith. Isn't that something? Looking unto him. Meaning that we're looking for the blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what Titus says. That's what Titus says. And the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he should redeem us from all iniquity, not, not just one or two, from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people such as we are, a peculiar people zealous of good works, Elder Campbell said. Oh, yes. Zealous of good works. And then he says, these things you're to speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Now, listen, you can't do it with authority if you're not right with God. <laughs> can't do it with authority. With all authority. And let no man look down on you or despise you. Let no man look down on you. Oh, God wants us to be instruments in his hand. He will use us if we allow him to do it. All we need to, is just to allow him to do it. The clay, that clay was in the potter's hand, not resisting, huh? 
He wasn't resisting. Jeremiah 18, verse 5 going down there. It was in the potter's hand, not resisting. And so he said, now I can, I can make a vessel of honor. Oh, yes, you may have been marred. Oh, you may have, you may have done some things in life that now you could never be proud of. But the blessed Lord can, can transform us all can rebuild us, remake us, recreate us. Oh, yes. And he will do it if we love him. If we love him, if we are just strong and bold enough to allow him to do it. He will do it. So that you can say on a daily basis, my sins are gone. Sins are gone. It's a good feeling. It is a good feeling good feeling. Sins are gone. And I mean gone. Gone. You know, it is said, the servant of the Lord puts it this way, that the devil is angry when the Lord comes to our rescue. He's angry. Why? Because he said, like in the case of Moses, Jude, you can look at it in Jude and verse 9, where he said that he, when the blessed, when the angel went to resurrect Moses, what, what a commotion the devil had. He's like saying, now, this man sinned, and as long as he sinned, he, he, he now comes under my control. You can't take him. Heavenly agencies should not be sent to deliver people who are under my dominion. No, because they have sin. Agencies shouldn't be, and especially those that are stronger than I am. And all of them were, and still are, stronger than he is. He said they should not be sent to deliver these people. And he said the blessed Lord should not impart righteousness to them either. Because they sinned, they're now under my control. But he forgot. He forgot everything. He forgot Romans 5 and verse 14. That says, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Oh yeah, death was strong from Adam to Moses. And Moses was resurrected. Death died. Death died. Oh, what a God. <laughs> what a God. Thank God my sins are gone. Huh? Sins are gone. And so Romans 6 and verse 14 says, Sin shall not have dominion over me. For I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. I'm not under the condemnation of the law. Oh no, the law is not going to condemn me now. I'm not under the condemnation of the law. Romans 8 and verse 1 says, oh, Therefore, he says that there is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Isn't that something? 
I mean, that's just great. That's just wonderful. Wonderful. And he goes on down there in, in Romans 8, and we even come to verse 8, and he says, they that are in the flesh, in verse 8, Romans 8, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. But, you know, those who, the saints, he said, but ye are not, ye are not of the flesh, but of the spirit. Isn't that wonderful? But then he says, if so be, <laughs> come on now, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you, He said, now, if any man hath not the spirit of Christ, it's none of his. None of his. But I like verse 10. You like it too? If it's Christ be in you, he said, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life. Come on now. The spirit is life because of righteousness. Because of right doings. Walking with the blessed Lord. The spirit is life. The spirit of God. Life. Well, John chapter 6, was it? John chapter 6 and verse 63. It says, the spirit that quickeneth. Pastor knows that. It is the spirit that quickeneth. He said, the flesh profited nothing. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Isn't that wonderful? Come on, folks. Sins are gone. You feel good. You feel strong in the Lord. The sins are gone. And because that long hand of the clock is moving so fast, I'm going to I'm going to keep in touch with it. Keep in touch. In conclusion. Galatians. Chapter 3. And there we have it at verse 26. Say ye are all the children of God. Through faith in Christ Jesus. Isn't that something? We're all the children of God. Isn't that wonderful? Something to rejoice about. We're all the children of God. Through faith in Christ Jesus. But the next verse, 27, don't you ever forget it. Don't you ever forget verse 27. It says so. As many. As many as have been baptized into Christ. Have put on Christ. Have put on Christ. Now I want to ask you a question. When you go to the department store and you, you buy something to put on. Don't you want to look good in it? Now talk to me, folks. Don't you want to be, look presentable and then an attractive and so forth? And when you walk the streets, folk must say, ah, that looks good. Eh? They say, they say yeah, oh, that one looks good. When you have anything that you put on, you're into it. 
Did you know that? Whatever you put on, you're in it. You're in it. And you must look good in it. Good in it. And once you've been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Now your loyalty to God must be admirable. Are you listening to me? You must have a mindset on intentional obedience. Now you want to make loyalty to God admirable. Whatever you put on, you're in it. And 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 ties it in. He says, if a man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Sins are gone. Hallelujah. A new creature. Praise the Lord. All things are passed away. Behold, which means look, notice, see for yourself. All things are become new. Thank God for Jesus. You want to thank him? Stand with me. Stand with me, you want to thank God for Jesus. What a loving Savior. All our sins are gone. Gone into the depths of the sea. What a Savior. What a Savior. I tell you, by his grace, by his grace, we shall rise with those who sleep no more, should we fall asleep before. Loving Father, we thank you. Thank you for having been so good to us. You have given us second chances to qualify for eternity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for blotting out our sins and making us whole. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.